0: Horsin' Around is filmed before a live studio audience.
1: Monday. <laughs> well, good morning to you two. Oh, hey. Where? I would love hey. <laughs> <laughs> in 1987, the situation comedy Horsin' Around premiered on ABC. The show, in which a young bachelor horse is forced to reevaluate his priorities when he agrees to raise three human children, was initially dismissed by critics as broad and saccharine and not good. But the family comedy struck a chord with America and went on to air for nine seasons. The star of Horsin' Around, Jack Horseman, is our guest tonight. Welcome, Jack. It is good to be here, Charlie. To what do you attribute the show's wide appeal? Charlie, listen, you know, I know that it's very hip these days to shit all over Horsin' Around, but at the time, I can tell you, is it okay to say shit?
0: Please don't. I, I think the show's actually pretty solid for what it is. That's not Ibsen, sure. But look, for a lot of people, life is just one long hard kick in the urethra. Sometimes when you get home from a long day of getting kicked in the urethra, you just want to watch a show about good, likable people who love each other. Where, you know, no matter what happens, at the end of 30 minutes,
1: everything's going to turn out okay. You know, because in real life, did I already say the thing about the urethra? Oh, well, let's talk about real life. What have you been doing since the show's cancellation 18 years ago? That's a great question, Charlie. I, uh, uh, I, um... Hey guys. Hello. Welcome to a
0: Patreon-exclusive mini-episode. We're taking a look at, uh... In my opinion, the best show on Netflix and one of the best shows on television today. Oh, Jack Horusman. Yeah. This is a show that really surprised people last year and then managed to surprise them again by just how good the second season was. And uh, both seasons are currently up on Netflix. So if you haven't seen them, we're going to kind of try and talk you into watching them. Yeah. Uh, This is going to be a spoiler-free cast. Yeah, we really don't want people to know what quite what they're getting into frankly um but we do want to sell you on why you should give a give it a look of course right now there's been so much critical buzz that uh i would hope people aren't struggling to be sold on this one
1: yeah i think you got me into this one it's one of those that I looked at it and it didn't quite look that interesting to me like it looked like it might be a cheap knockoff family guy but <laughs> yeah That's how
0: Netflix sold it in the uh, early goings, and wow, is it not.
1: No, this is as far removed from Family Guy as you could possibly get. Honestly, this is far closer to
0: Mad Men than it is to Family Guy. I actually prefer this much more than Mad Men, frankly.
1: Mad Men's good, but this is, uh, this is, it's something else. It's a, it's a dramedy.
0: It is a hard dramedy. And the first, I would say that the first half of the first season... Leans harder on the uh, comedy part Than pretty much anything that comes after Yeah I'm not going to say that the show isn't funny uh, From time to time after Uh, The uh, Christmas special That was uh, a surprise release Was actually the closest to a comedy episode That they've done This is is a very bleak show Like I feel like that's one warning we must give people Is if you're going to sit down and watch it This is a very bleak show
1: it kind of keeps you hooked on with the comedy, mm. but yeah, it is. This
0: is a show that very easily could have been a good, you know, it could have been a very funny, goofy show about a, um, the premise is, in the first season, it follows the, uh, exploits of the, t- uh, the title character, a, uh, washed up TV star from the 90s, uh, who is a horse, as his name indicates, voiced by Will Arnett. As he tries to uh, get his tell-all book ghostwritten by a ghostwriter played by uh, Allison Bree from uh, Community. And also Mad yeah. Men, making the comparison very fitting.
1: Thanks for inviting me to your party. Sorry I haven't really been mingling. I get kind of awkward at parties. Have you tried alcohol? Initially, he's supposed to be writing it, but uh, yeah. he's a lazy jackass. So Very much so. His failing publishing company, who's... And not to give too much of the plot away, but who's relying on him to write this thing. This company is in dire straits. We made a series of very bad investments. Ever hear of a young adult franchise called the Swamp Monsters of Malibu? Uh, no. Then
0: why did we spend $20 million on marketing?
1: <laughs> uh, give us him a ghostwriter, and that's where we kick off. Yeah, and that's where the show pretty
0: much goes from there as it follows... How he's trying to treat this book as his comeback, his return to the public eye. And, well, I mean, that's really kind of all that I feel like giving away in terms of spoilers, is that's where it starts. And uh, it winds up going down, as I said, from what could have been a very easy, goofy premise. And if the show had just been the tone of the first, I'd say, two episodes, because really in episode three is where it starts to show its cards.
1: Yeah... It's a very distinct moment when it starts to play that card. Yeah, you can,
0: I mean, you could spot the scene where the show drops everything and says, here's what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. It would have probably been a very good show. Hell, we might have even been doing a mini-sode on that episode on the show that would have come of that just because it was funny. Just because it was such a, you know, an entertaining show. Because the first couple of episodes are very entertaining. But, man, it's when the show becomes something more that it becomes transcendent. I mean, really, without hesitation, this is my pick for one of the best ongoing shows on television today. Uh, back Against the Wall, I'm not so sure it's not my pick for thee. I mean, I just, I'm just i going to say that right now. I think it might be the best ongoing show we've got going right now.
1: Yeah. And that's not light. Like, one of the basic running comedic premises of the show is that half the cast are animals. mm mm-hmm. Like are anthropomorphic animals. And uh they 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 milked every bit of comedy they can out of that and it worked so well.
0: Here's your steak. Uh sorry. Mm-hmm.
1: They do. I mean, this is a show that uses the
0: anthropomorphization to to give the characters behavior. It's not just, yeah. oh, this person is, you know, uh this and no, the the behavior actually kind of explains... The the species explains the behavior, which, okay, other shows have tried to do that, but I don't think they've done it quite as well. Um, you can read a lot about personality types into it. For instance, his agent, um, voiced just tremendously by uh, Amy Sidaris, is uh, a cat.
1: As my agent, do you think I'm getting fat?
0: way. Anyway, you are in the prime of your life. Never looked better. What about his my ex-girlfriend? You looked like a pile of crap, ate a second pile of crap, and then crapped out a third pile of crap. Um, his agent slash ex-girlfriend actually. And her behavior is very catty, frankly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's very much who she is.
1: You want to talk about detail? This show has a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a scene on a movie set where one of the, uh, one of the production assistants is a crocodile and she is wearing Crocs.
0: Yes, yeah. It's it's just. I mean, the the there is detail to this show. There's a lot of subtle detail,
1: not just throwaway jokes too. There's a lot of continuity, mm-hmm. and it carry and all that carries over into season two. Yeah, it's brilliant. See, I wouldn't recommend just jumping right into no season two. It's it's one you do have to watch in order. You absolutely have to watch
0: every single episode in order. And truth be told, there might only be one or two episodes you can even watch independent of each other, yeah, I mean, it is a very drama and continuity heavy show it's it's built
1: for binging, um yeah, the Christmas episode might be one of those exceptions
0: and it it is wonderful um again, there is so much darkness to this show um some of the things this show looks at is. There's a heavy focus on abusive childhoods and the effects that they leave on adults. And yet the show also doesn't let its characters off the hook for that. It says, okay, your childhood was bad. You still have to be an adult. Absolutely. And I think that's kind of fascinating the way the show refuses. It it says, yeah, this is going on, but you're still responsible for being a person. And it's very bitter. I mean, again, this is not a fun sit. Uh, We really need to underline this It's not a Quote unquote fun show I'm not saying that it's not funny Because it is funny But I I spent much of season 2 When it was over Needing to do something else afterwards Because it was It weighs on you Because the characters do things That are pretty bleak frankly
1: Oh god yeah Bojack sinks to some lows At the end of that second season
0: Yeah He It It goes to some really disturbing places. Mm -hmm. And the show also doesn't let him off the hook for, okay, he was famous, and now he's not anymore, and that's depressing for him. The show doesn't let that be something that's like, okay, well, tough. Mm -hmm. It really kind of says, okay, you're kind of an entitled asshole. right? Will Arnett has never gotten the dramatic material that he gets on this show. In a sense, it's very much a deconstruction of the type that he usually plays, because... He usually plays this kind of goofy, arrogant, blowhard, you know, on Arrested Development. Right. He really goes to some very serious places, and I love that, because he really does a great job with it. If this was a live-action drama, comedy with people, whatever you want to call the genre of it, if it was a live-action show with people as the main characters, uh, first of all, it wouldn't fundamentally be all that different, if we're perfectly honest. And, yeah. s- and secondly, um, Arnett would be a guaranteed Emmy nominee Yeah He would be And I also have to give a lot of praise to uh, Allison Brie on this show I, I've i always enjoyed her on Community But I think she does some some of the best work she's ever done I've lamented on Twitter that I really kind of hate the fact that Her live action work isn't near as good as her voice work Community aside, she's really prone to being pretty wasted in projects Yeah uh, and I hate that because she deserves better And she's wonderful here uh, The whole voice cast is tremendous That's one thing we have to get into is the voice cast on this show
1: Yeah, uh, they there are tons of regulars And especially in season 2 They really bring out the guest stars
0: I mean, let's see Your regular people that you can expect to see every week Are Arnett, Brie, um, Sedaris Stanley Tucci Stanley Tucci has a nice recurring role Kristen Schaal is on it quite a bit Patton Oswalt does a few voices, I think There's a number of Oscar winners who are regulars on it Um, Alan Arkin and J.K. Simmons both uh, are recurring voices on the show Paul F. Tompkins is also a regular Yeah, Paul F. Tompkins And I'm a big fan of Tompkins' stand-up I think he's hilarious I think he is Yeah I think he's a wonderful stand-up comedian
1: I primarily uh, know him from his recurring stint on the thrilling adventure hour podcast yeah which is so fun he's hilarious
0: he's a very funny
1: guy and he's very
0: likable and he gets to show some real dramatic chops on this show when he gets the chance to really show what he can do as an actor it's really impressive actually um especially towards the back half of season two uh he really shows what he's capable of I'm going to say without spoilers that Olivia Wilde gets one scene in the show that just makes me angry that she doesn't get better work. I mean, I usually feel that about her performances, but she gets a scene in this that should be a career reel scene because it is so good. And yeah, uh, Tucci also, his he gets a scene in season one that is just absolutely shattering. He's Herb, right? Yeah, he's Herb um, And again, I don't want to go into spoilers But he gets one scene that is just Absolutely brutal And it's, for an actor With an impressive career This is this is still some great work um, The show even manages to get in um, A couple of really good You know, there's a good casting gag at one point Because uh, Sedaris Frequently gets mistaken for uh, Kristen Chenoweth they, <laughs> Really seriously, think about it They look they look very similar they they're both uh very similar comedians, and they finally get to play rivals in a show, which I love yeah, I love that, yeah, Aaron Paul is in it, we can't forget him, oh yeah, I've been really overlooking that that's the thing the show for a show that's ostensibly a comedy, it has comic relief, and that's in the form of aaron paul's uh Todd, who is in I think there might only be one episode he's not in tops. Yeah You want everyone to like you
1: Yeah, why? Do people not like me? Uh...
0: Uh... What were we talking about?
1: He is hysterical on the show He is And he's a a multi-emmy winner, so You would not be able to recognize him from this if all you've seen him is is Breaking Bad
0: Yeah, because he's very goofy He's very silly He's very mm-hmm. He's a very naive, childlike character on it And he really sells it And he's great yeah. He just absolutely brings it As hard as he can Uh, Again, this show The wealth of voice actors for it It's it's It really is one of the best casts On television I, I, I don't even want to spoil Some of the people that are on the show Just let it be discovered. But unlike when The Simpsons would do all these vo- all these actors coming in, and it would mostly be for gags, really, as I said, these actors get to come in and do some real work. This is a really great show. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if I have any complaints, it's that, yeah, it takes it a moment to find its footing, but it doesn't take it very long. Right. I mean, I know that the first season was very critically mixed, mostly because critics got the first half of the season and not the back half, which makes everything make sense. Mm -hmm. The second season has been extremely well-received. And it it should be. This is is a show fundamentally about depression and about being okay with yourself, about being at peace with who you are as a person. And I love it. I mean, that's kind of how I... Feel about it period is I love it
1: As bleak as it gets as low as it gets You know there uh, Each season does end with Just a glimmer of hope Yeah
0: this season ends with just A moment that really kind of makes you Tear up thinking about it I just Oh god I love this show And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that it's getting the response it's getting mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's How I feel about it is I love this show and yeah. cheers to Netflix for for taking a risk on it. It it is, it is a hard sell. I mean, again, people who are expecting Family Guy and don't get it, I can understand their reaction. Because this is a show that does not celebrate partying. It does not celebrate the abusive behavior of such shows. It says point blank, this is terrible. But it works. And I just, I really, it's great. It is out there very much to be watched. Um, on Netflix, I mean, I... I hate to hate on another show, but to me, this show exposes what I really don't like about Orange is the New Black, which is I don't think that show is quite as willing to acknowledge how, frankly, horrible its main character is. Like, that's always been my big obstacle with that show, is I don't like the main character on it, and I I haven't even gone near season three. Um, I've heard diminishing returns. And this show may yet have diminishing returns on season three, but I doubt it. I will say this: I feel like this is probably a show that's destined to go a very short run. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you were to tell me that season three was going to be it, I would believe it. Yeah, and that would be okay. Better to end on a complete, satisfying note. Like, there is a very clear story being told, and that's what I love the most about this show: is there is a clear story being told. There have obvious, yeah. there's obviously been thought put into what each arc is going to be and what the grand arc is. Is going to be, and as I said, we we may be building to that grand arc. I don't know, I don't know why, but I just really do have a feeling that season three could
1: be the could be the climax. The entire premise of season two turns the season one premise on its head by saying, by kind of saying, you know, okay, what now? Mm-hmm. And season three, it's pretty clear from the way they ended it, what now
0: is going is pretty clear. And oh, do we have a nice cliffhanger because we get hints of something we didn't know existed. And I can't wait to see what that is I, I'm with this one I'm with this one the distance This is, it's hard to classify Comedy or drama, it's not so easy It's great though it, This is this is a great show
1: Along with this, well on the uh, On a little Patreon blurb We'll post a link to the um, The Tumblr post That, went, that the creator made Because it's glorious We have to stop and acknowledge that Um Cheers to uh,
0: Raphael Bob-Waksberg, uh, the wonderfully named uh, creator of the show, for stepping in and uh, calling for equality. You know, he, he's not a hypocrite on that. I noticed um, a woman directed seven episodes of the uh, 25 so far, and I saw an equal number of episodes have been either written or co-written by women. Yeah, which is great. That's, that's under a third, which is mm, not yet ideal, but it's better. It's getting there. It's getting there. I mean, yeah, this is this. Is, th- it, it's getting there, and it's a sign. He's very open in that post about the fact that he he wants the characters to, you know, when in doubt, to try for equality.
1: Yeah, and I I really admire that. One last thing we have to address before we before we leave this is it's not just commentary on depression commentary. It's a commentary on a lot of things, including you know Hollywood culture and. God, season two, there is an episode that addresses, like, that both directly and indirectly addresses the Bill Cosby thing.
0: And it takes a very clear stance.
1: Yes. And it is, God, it's probably the most depressing episode on the show.
0: It's a very angry, very, very, very angry episode that leaves you in zero doubt about how the people making the show feel. And bless them for it, because we needed that episode. Yes. Yes. It needed to be stated Yeah Someone needed to stand up and say it And I, I thank them for doing it And ugh, It's it's good stuff And I just As I said Highest Highest recommendation Yeah So yep. Yeah.
1: Now let's just thank our patrons Because Oh yes Thank you guys Yep
0: yeah. Thanks uh, Thanks to everybody Thanks to uh, As of right
1: now We have three patrons And they are Daisy Hello Daisy Sheila Hi Sheila, and our newest one is Sean from No Totally Podcast. Thanks guys. Yeah, thank you so much. With your help, we are about four fifths to our first goal, which covers uh, the basic cost of running the cast, which is absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much. So yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting there. Anyway, see you next time. See
0: you next time in the 90s.